Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. Van Gelder Technologies is a U.S.-based custom software development company specializing in cross-platform mobile applications, web applications, and desktop programs. Leveraging open-source frameworks, they quickly and efficiently build custom software solutions that are tailor-made to fit your specific needs. There's no need for new Christendom companies to be content with offering subpar mobile or web experiences. Van Gelder Technology can help you build better software for the glory of God. You can learn more, view examples of their work, or get in touch at www.vangeldertech. That's vangelder.tech. V-A-N-G-E-L-D-E-R dot T-E-C-H. Van Gelder Technologies, where technology and tradition meet. Now let's get to the news. Congress freezes $6 billion for Iran. This took place on Thursday, but it's looking increasingly real. In a move that the Daily Mail described as humiliating for Joe Biden, lawmakers cast a bipartisan vote to freeze the $6 billion that the president had previously freed up for Iran as part of its hostage negotiation deal. The move drew the support of nearly every Republican, but also attracted nearly 100 Democrats. Now it's looking as if it might pass in the Senate as well. During a time where it's been seeming as if common sense had been banned in Washington, we have lawmakers seemingly conceding that sending billions of dollars to the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism might not be such a great idea. President Biden is facing a humiliating foreign policy setback as $6 billion he used to leverage the release of five imprisoned Americans from Iran could be frozen. Lawmakers, including members of Biden's own party, voted on Thursday to approve a bill that would permanently freeze the funds, which were unfrozen by the White House in September as part of the controversial deal. The bill, named the No Funds for Iranian Terrorism Act, passed in a 307 to 119 vote, which was approved by almost every Republican and 90 Democrats. The money is being held in Qatar, where most negotiations between the West and terror groups take place these days. The reality is that Joe Biden had already refrozen the money after the October 7th Hamas terror attacks. Congress is now close to locking the door to those funds indefinitely. Keep in mind that the money was originally leveraged to free American hostages as well as five Iranian prisoners. But before the cash transfer was complete, an even larger number of Americans were taken hostage by Hamas, which is almost entirely funded by Iran. In that sense, the United United States was losing ground in exchange rather than getting something of value for the money. Plenty of people were warning the Biden administration about this when the talks first began. This is why we've long had a rule about not negotiating with terrorists. If you pay to secure the release of hostages, you will inevitably wind up with more hostages because the terrorists see that their tactics are working. That's precisely where we are today. Moving on, BLM rioters in Atlanta who burnt down a Wendy's. Get a $500 fine. Yes, $500. You heard that right. Two Black Lives Matter rioters who pleaded guilty to torching Wendy's fast food restaurant in Atlanta in 2020 were sentenced to five years of probation and a $500 fine. Chisholm Kingston and Natalie White were charged with conspiracy to commit arson in the first degree and two counts of first degree arson. Both pleaded guilty in a plea deal according to court records. Kingston and White must complete 150 hours of community service. In addition to charges, John Wesley Wade, age 35, was indicted for the same fire in January this year. Initially, all three pleaded not guilty and waived their arraignments in March 2022. The charges stem from BLM riots, which took place over the death of Richard Brooks, who was killed in a police-involved shooting in June of 2020. Brooks allegedly punched an officer, David Bronson, and stole 
stole his taser while under investigation for a DUI in the parking lot of the Wendy's restaurant. Brooks reportedly aimed the taser at Officer Bronson. However, a second officer, Garrett Rolfe, shot and killed Brooks during the altercation. Brooks allegedly punched Bronson, causing a concussion. In response to the incident, BLM rioters burnt down Wendy's in protest of Brooks' death. Later, violent demonstrations exploded over the city in the months following. Former Fulton County District Attorney charged officers Rolfe and Bronson. Bronson was charged with aggravated assault while Rolfe faces felony murder and assault charges. 99% of charges brought against BLM rioters in 2020 were dropped by local prosecutors, according to an analysis from The Guardian. Earlier this year, the United States Courts of Appeals in Washington, D.C. admitted that BLM rioters were treated better compared to some pro-life protesters. The news comes just under a month after New York City officials agreed to pay $13 million to violent 2020 Summer of Love BLM and Antifa protesters after they caused damage to 45 businesses. And moving on, speaking of the guy who started all of the... uh, 2020 riots for BLM, Derek Chauvin. He returns to prison after alleged BLM-inspired stabbing. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has returned to a federal prison in Arizona more than a week after a fellow inmate allegedly stabbed him 22 times with a shank in the library in a Black Friday attack, partially inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement. Chauvin is serving more than 20 years for the death of George Floyd for depriving him of his civil rights in a May 2020 encounter that kicked off the nationwide protests. Chauvin's family is very concerned about the facility's capacity to protect Derek from further harm, his lawyer Greg Erickson told the Minneapolis Star Tribune. They remain unassured that any changes have been made to the faulty procedures that allowed Derek's attack to occur in the first place. John Terskak, age 52, allegedly told federal correction officers that he targeted Chauvin because he was a high-profile inmate that he plotted the attack for a month and that he would have killed him if guards had not intervened, this according to court documents. Terskak could see 60 years added to his federal sentence if he gets the maximum punishment on the four new charges he faces, which includes attempted murder. He was due to release in 2026, according to the Bureau of Prisons. Terskak, a former gang member and snitch, was dropped as an FBI informant for dealing drugs, greenlighting assaults, and extorting money, this according to prosecutors. He allegedly told investigators that he picked Black Friday for the attack to symbolize both BLM and the Black Hand of the Mexican Mafia prison gang. The attack took place from behind in the law library inside Federal Correctional Institution Tucson on November 24th. Authorities said guards intervened immediately, but Erickson questioned how fast the response really was, noting Chauvin's 22 stab wounds. Quote, why was Derek allowed into the law library without a guard in close enough proximity to stop a possible attack, he asked. His family continues to wonder, end quote. Prison experts have warned that Chauvin, like other high-profile inmates, is at an increased risk. Quote, he was a dead man walking his first day in prison. That was according to Keith Rovere, a former prison minister and the host of the lighter side of Serial Killers podcasts. This definitely won't be the last attack. End quote. In an appeal filed last month, Chauvin claimed new evidence shows he was not responsible for the death. Separately, the Supreme Court rejected his appeal for a new trial just days before the stabbing. Chauvin was one of the four officers who arrested Floyd that day after he allegedly passed a counterfeit $20 bill at a coffee shop and refused to cooperate with police. Chauvin, who has been seen on video that prompted riots around the country, knelt on Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes leading up to his death. 
Erickson had previously slammed the prison for poor procedures and lack of institutional control, referencing an incident last year in which an inmate allegedly smuggled a firearm into the facility and tried to shoot someone. Prison officials said that they, quote, take seriously our duty to protect the individuals entrusted in our custody, as well as maintain the safety of correctional employees and the community, end quote. Citing privacy and safety concerns, authorities said that they do not discuss the medical status of other conditions of confinement for inmates. And lastly, for news, how about some entertainment news? Raves for Godzilla Minus One. Who's seen Tosho's Godzilla Minus One? The reviews are almost all glowing, unless I somehow missed my invitation. I don't believe there was a press screening for this one. Regardless, it made $11 million domestically this weekend, a real success. Godzilla Minus One has a 97%, or an 8.2 out of 10 with critics from 75 reviews. On Metacritic, it's scoring a very strong 79 out of 100 from 24 reviews. On IMBD, it has an impressive 8.5 user rating. This film takes place in a devastated post-war Japan where Godzilla goes on a rampage. This is the second of the live-action Rua-era Godzilla films, the first being 2016's Shin Godzilla. It looks as though director Takashi Yamakaze has made one of the better films of the franchise. This is the 37th film in the Godzilla franchise and Toho's 33rd Godzilla film. And before we end today, it's been a while. How about a little on this day in history? On this day in history, December 5th, 771, well, all the way back to 771, Charlemagne becomes the sole king of the Franks after the death of his brother, Kellerman. How about 1848? little bit of a fast forward there. December 5th, 1848, U.S. President James K. Polk triggers the gold rush of 1849 by confirming a gold discovery in California. Fast forward to 1933, the prohibition ends in the U.S. when the 21st Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is ratified. The 18th Amendment repealed at 5.32 p.m. Eastern Time, if you want to get specific. Now, December 5th, 1973, Apple Records releases Paul McCartney and Wings' album, Band on the Run, in the U.S. The commercial and critical pinnacle of his post-Beatle work tops the charts in seven countries. Now in film, December 5th, 2001, Ocean's Eleven, one of my favorite movies, by the way, directed by Steven Soderbergh, starring George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, and Julia Roberts, premieres in Westwood, California. And finally, in 2017, December 5th, Russia is banned from the next Winter Olympics in South Korea over state-sponsored doping. Whoops. And then, did you know, ship the Mary Celeste is discovered mysteriously abandoned by her crew in the Atlantic Ocean on December 5th, 1872. A little backstory there. On November 7th, 1872, the Mary Celeste set sail from New York City with more than 1,700 barrels of alcohol destined for Genoa, Italy. On board were 10 people, including Captain Briggs, his wife, and their two-year-old daughter. Over the next two weeks, the ship encountered harsh weather. According to the last log entry, dated November 25th, the Mary Celeste was some 6 nautical miles or 11 kilometers from the Azores. Ten days later, December 5th, the vessel was spotted by the British brig De Gratia. Crew from that ship boarded the Mary Celeste and discovered it deserted. Although there was more than three feet or one meter of water in the hold, an amount that would not have caused panic, the vessel was seaworthy. Adding to the mystery was the fact that the cargo and personal belongings were largely undisturbed. 
Although the longboat was missing, it appeared that the ship had been abandoned quickly. Crewmen from the Dei Gratia sailed the Mary Celeste to Gibraltar, some 800 miles away. There, British authorities conducted an investigation, which ultimately found no evidence of foul play. And how about some famous birthdays for December 5th? If you were born on December 5th, you're in this company. Martin Van Buren was born on December 5th, 1782. Or George Armstrong Custer, General Custer. 1839, December 5th. Walt Disney himself, December 5th, 1901. And Little Richard, December 5th, 1932. This was On This Day in History, and that is your news for today. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to our next conference in Dallas-Fort Worth, head on over to fightlapfeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference next year, or if you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, we need more of you. Email me at garrison at fightlapfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Tuesday, December 5th, and Lord bless.